Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, today we have Megan Diaz, the founder of Megan Diaz Salon in Greenville, South Carolina. Her salon was a finalist in 2018 North American Hairstyling Awards for Salon slash School Design of the Year. So you get the idea. Her salon is gorgeous. Megan has been busy lately between being a new mom and developing her very own extension line, Oliver and Coco, that she has started teaching courses across the country and training other stylists on her method and her way of doing extensions. Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. Of course. Yeah, I know it's been kind of hard to find a time between like you making your product, being a mom and running your salon, but it's awesome that you're here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here and to speak with you today. Totally. Yeah. So we also met at Ember and, um, I've just, I guess I didn't, you know, like after going to Ember, I feel like I kind of like started getting on Instagram and like seeing the people that were there. And I feel like your salon is like just one of the prettiest salons I've ever seen. Oh, thanks. Um, that means a lot because I designed it myself. So the award you mentioned, the Naha, was really huge because not only is that award for the whole North American continent, but they only chose five salons. And uh, the fact that they chose mine was, you know, meant so much to me because I didn't use a designer or anything. And to see that other people, you know, kind of valued and appreciated what I created was so touching. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that you didn't use a designer. I was like, I still was impressed and I assumed there was a designer involved. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I can go on and on about the whole construction of the salon, but basically I started out with a designer, just kind of talking to them. You know, I've, I've worked in so many salons over the course of my career. I kind of picked up things that I liked and didn't like, um, layouts that were efficient. And so the more I was speaking to the designer about it, I realized, you know, I think I I have a really good feeling for what I want. I might as well just do it myself. So I found this um, website online that I was able to make a 3D drawing and then basically laid it all out the way I wanted it and then took that to an architect and had him put it in his CAD drawing to make it legit, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's so crazy because when you think about it, I know I'm, I can figure out how to do things, but so often I'm very much like, well, I'm not an expert at this. I need help. Right. And I feel like you kind of had that experience, which is like, we have to kind of like give ourselves a little more credit. Like right. you've worked in like that person who's designing has never been in a, like maybe they've never worked in a salon. Like, you know, more than you realize. Right. Exactly. And you have to just kind of, like you said, give yourself that credit and, and, um, realize that, you know, if you just listen to your heart, a lot of times the answer is right there. And so, you know, I mean, of course you're going to go to certain people for their expertise, you know, but yes. I think when it came to the design aspect, I just knew exactly what I wanted. So I just kind of went with the flow, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. So as far as like, I, I've, you know, cyber stalked you and I know that you had a, at a first location and then it pivoted into a nail salon and then you sold it. So can you just back all the way up and just tell us how you came to today? Sure. So I feel like to get the true feeling of my entire story, I have to back up to when I was about 14, I think it was 14 or 15, however old you are when you're in eighth grade. 
But basically, when I was in eighth grade, um, I mean, my whole life I knew I wanted to do hair was really never, there was never another option. I just knew that's what I was designed to do. So when I was in eighth grade, I started working as an assistant for a lady who went to my church. She had her own little salon and she was just there by herself. And I went up to her and I said, hey, I want to do hair. Is there any way that I can work for you? I just want to be in the environment, kind of, you know, get the feel for it. And she looked at me and I think she was like, okay, little kid, like, no. (laughs) But uh, a few weeks later, she actually fell and hurt her wrist and needed help. So she came back to me and said, okay, you can come work for me. I'll teach you how to shampoo, you know, basically do all the assistance things like clean up, answer the phone, blah, blah, blah. So I worked for her for two years. She taught me so much in between clients. She would take me to the break room and show me mannequins to the point that when I was in 10th grade, I was then old enough to go to beauty school, went to beauty school. Basically you do high school half the day and then you go to cosmetology school the other half. That's back when I lived in Pennsylvania. So I did a full year of cosmetology school. Then my family moved to Florida. When I got to Florida, they did not have a program like that. Uh, It was a, I believe it was a three-year program. So when I went to Florida, I wasn't able to continue what I was doing. What ended up happening was while I was in high school, I actually worked in a nail salon and I did basically like on the job training. So as I was working there, the owner of the business was teaching me everything about nails and I was able to get my license through her working in the salon. And so through the remainder of high school into college, I was doing nails, which is also another huge passion of mine. And so then what ended up happening was I went, I moved here to Greenville, South Carolina to go to college And I actually went to a school that had cosmetology as a major. And so what that means is that while you're taking your cosmetology courses, you're also taking college courses at the same time. So like, I've never even heard of that. I know it was insane. Everyone asked me, why did you go to that school? It's basically because I didn't want to do, I mean, my original goal was to have my cosmetology done by high school, but since that didn't work out, you know, I didn't want to do cosmetology and then college separately. So I was able to do both at the same time and got my associates in business management. The crazy thing though, like I said, since I wasn't able to continue my program, And now looking back, I don't know if, you know, I was young, so I didn't really understand how it all works. Maybe I could have found a way, but basically that entire year that I did cosmetology in 10th grade did not transfer into the next cosmetology school. And so I had to do it all over. So imagine, you know, here's how you hold a pair of scissors. Here's the color wheel. Do another million perms and roller sets. And so at that point... That's, you know, I say that to say that when it's your true passion, you're going to do whatever you have to do to get to where you want to be. So I easily could have said, you know what, I'm not going to do that all over again. Like, let me do something else. But I said, well, I love doing hair. What's the worst case doing it again? It's fine. So I redid the entire cosmetology program. Then I started working in my area. I met my husband around that time. And he's a real logical, like logistical guy. So when we met, um, I was working in a high end salon, but not very busy. And he said to me, you know, what is, what's your life plan? What's your goals in life? What do you want to do? And I said, Oh, you know, one day I want to have a salon, but you know, whenever, I mean, it doesn't have to be now it can be, you know, in 10 years, whatever. And he said, well, if that's what you want to do, I mean, you have to work towards it. It's not just going to fall in your lap. Like, what are you doing to get, to get to that point? 
you know? And so at that point, at that point, when he said that to me, I realized, well, I guess I do have to do something, you know? So I like to say that it was more like the law of attraction. You know how, when you want something, you take a picture and you put it on your fridge and then like, it'll come true. That's basically what I did with the salon. I just kept thinking about it. It was like in the forefront of my brain and, you know, just really open to any possibilities and opportunities. Uh, six months after he had that conversation with me, I opened my salon. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, he definitely put a fire under my butt and um, got me going. But basically what happened was in my area, there was a, it was a really beautiful area. It's like by the river, right in downtown. There was a little salon, like 450 square feet. This older Italian guy had been there for like over 10 years. And I heard through the grapevine that he was going to be retiring and moving away. And I said, wow, that salon would be great for me starting out. It's small, like perfect location. So I walked my butt over there and I said, hey, I'm Megan. You know, I, I heard that you're going to be leaving. Like, what are you doing with this place? Well, the salon was part of a live work unit, which means that on the ground level was the business. And then right above there was a three-story condo that he lived in upstairs and then ran his business downstairs. So he said to me, well, my goal is to sell my condo that comes with the business. So if you want to buy it, you know, you can do that. Now, at that time, I was only 23 and he wanted like half a million for that space. So I was like, oh, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> Can't so I said, well, if you ever decide you want to rent it, let me know. So a few months go by and he calls me back and he says, hey, I tried selling, but it's not working out. So if you want, I'll go ahead and rent you the salon and I'll leave all my furniture behind. So literally all you have to do is turn the key and you're ready to go. He even said I can use his name, like literally just take it over. Wow. But of course, I wanted, you know, my own thing. And so... I said, okay, well, we spoke in February, March, I was running my business in there. So basically all I did was I painted kind of like I used all his furniture because I, you know, that was another thing. Like a big struggle is getting a business loan, especially when you're only 23 and you don't have any history of like owning a business before no bank wanted to give me money. So I said, well, how am I going to do it on my own? You know, so I really lucked out with the fact that he had it fully furnished. There was two shampoo bowls, four styling stations. So it was perfect. Kind of amazing what a, what a thing a paint can do. Oh my gosh. It was like night and day. Yeah. So just kind of changed the style. I put my name up there, called it Magnia Salon. Business began. So I was alone for about four months, just wanted to get my feet wet, you know, get all my clients moved over. I started growing pretty rapidly. And then I started having some girls reach out wanting to work for me. So four months later, I hired my first employee. And then before you know it, I have a salon full of girls and more people wanting to work for me. And I didn't have enough room. So two years into the business, we pretty much like outgrew the space and, um, so then what ended up happening was we started looking for a second location, something that was bigger, something with parking in downtown, blah, blah, blah. So it took a while to find something, but within a year we found this new location. It was literally like a dirt ground. It was nothing was built yet. It was an area where they were building a whole community, like an apartment complex. So basically they had retail on the bottom and then a whole bunch of like 
condos, apartments, townhouses, all in this like area. So we signed the lease there and we're basically able to decide how large of a space we wanted since we were kind of getting in before they even broke ground. So we decided to go for 1,800 square feet, which was four times bigger than the salon that I had. Yeah, I was wondering how big your sphinx was because it's so well designed that you really can't get a feel for it. Like it just right. looks- it looks just like nice, like a nice space. I can't be like, whoa, that's huge. Or Exactly. And that's, I did that on purpose because, you know, since we did come from a smaller space where it was like more intimate, I wanted to have that same feel in the larger space. I didn't want it to feel like a big open warehouse, you know? Right. So we were able to design it where the, um, the front area was separate from the working area. So when you come in, you would have a relaxing waiting room with a beautiful large marble front desk. And then you go into the styling area area, we kind of divided it into two separate sections where on one side we have a huge color bar and then we have a really relaxing shampoo room where you feel separate. We have these huge, tall glass sliding doors that um, help block the sound out. So when you're in the shampoo area, like that's our quiet room. That's the time when, you know, everyone relaxes and enjoys their scalp massage. But at the same time, you don't feel like you're in a closed room because two walls are completely glass, like from floor to ceiling. So you still feel like you're open, but separate. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, that's my favorite room. Basically, long story short, we after four years of being in our small space, we moved over to the, the big salon. We have 12 stations there. I, I even still had the opportunity to have even larger space than what I chose. But I said, well, let me not go crazy. This is four times bigger. Like, it's probably going to take a while. Yeah, you never hear anyone say they regret how slow they took it, you know? But let me tell you. So I thought it would take forever to fill up a 12-station salon. Right. We May was two years and we're already full. Wow. <laughs> so now I'm like, maybe I should have gone larger. I don't know. But you know, everything works out for a reason. And so it's perfect. I love my whole team. Like everything runs so smoothly here. We have room. We're not on top of each other. But there's definitely room for growth, you know? Yeah. So then the old salon, I still had a lease there and I I had like a really strong connection with that space being that it was my first um, business and right across the street. Um, my husband proposed to me on a bridge right in front of that place. Oh. So it's like, you know, really special to me. I did end up moving into the condo above the salon as well, which was a really great opportunity because then I would just walk downstairs to work. So it just meant a lot. And it was kind of hard for me to give it up. And that's where, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And, you know, my goal, like I said, was always to have my salon. And then when I got it, it's like, okay, well now what do I just stop here? Now I have to have a new goal. You know, I never thought I would have this huge salon that I have, but you have to be open for opportunities and, and, you know, if you want to grow. And so what I decided to do was, transform my old salon into a nail salon because like I said that was my other passion and so we created like a super cute little boutique nail salon where it we my husband um actually built with um with a friend of ours pedicure bench so it's not like we bought these pedicure chairs that vibrate you out of the chair it's like really relaxing like armchairs with like a nice porcelain bowl and we had three manicured tables in there and it was super cute we 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 um matched the decor to the larger salon so like same color paint like so cool it's a blue 
and we called it Nails on the River because the river is literally right there. That was a success. We had, you know, a few good nail artists in there. However, it was kind of the cherry on top for me where it was hard for me to manage that location as well as the hair salon, you know, growing my everything that I have going on now. So I had to come to a point, kind of close one door to open another. And it was hard. You know, my husband was saying maybe we should walk away from this situation. And of course I was fighting it. I was like, no, 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 I want it all, you know? And then I finally, you know, sat down about it and I said, okay, let's, let's see if we can find someone to take it over. And so my sister, she's actually in cosmetology school right now. She had a friend who was graduating and always wanted to have a nail salon. And so my sister said, oh my gosh, I have a perfect opportunity for you. Why don't you come check out my sister's nail salon? She's trying to find someone to take it over. She walked in, fell in love, and I sold it to her, the whole business. God, that's I saw that on Instagram and I was like, we've got to make this interview happen. I know. It was like insane. I mean, first of all, to get to that point to decide that, you know, I wanted to sell it was huge, but then to actually have someone interested and value what I built and said, you know what, I want to keep everything the same. I love what you built. I love the name, you know, was really flattering to me. And I feel like it's in the best possible hands. So she's basically like just taking it over and giving but it it's the love. So cool and because one did that for you when you started. Mm-hmm. That is so wild. Exactly. In that same space. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, but like way to like pay it forward. Right. Wow. It's, it's insane, but I'm so happy. Like it's in such great hands, but then at the same time now it's opened up for me to be able to concentrate more on the current salon that I have. And then of course my next venture, which is, which is the hair extensions. And you had a baby during all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always have a lot of things on my plate. I think if anyone, if you speak to anyone who knows me, they're like, she always has two or three things on her plate. Um, When I first opened my first salon, I was still kind of finishing up some college, planning a wedding. And then we were opening the second salon. My husband was driving four hours away to Raleigh, North Carolina to get his MBA and working full time and being on site to build the new salon. So he had those three things going on. And so once the salon was built and he was done with his schooling, he came home and said, okay, now that we have those two big things done, I think now we should have a baby. And I said, okay, (laughs) I was like totally ready. So let me tell you, he came home and said, let's have a baby. The next month I was pregnant. Yeah. I mean, you guys are no strangers to hard work and making things happen, but that that's impressive. Elliot was born actually next month. He'll be a year. I can't believe a year. Yeah. It's insane. I feel like it was just yesterday he was born. He actually, Oh, funny story. Okay. So going back to Naha, um, we traveled to Las Vegas for the Naha event and I was 30, two weeks pregnant when we went. Okay. So nowhere near, you know, giving birth or anything. Doctor said it was okay to travel, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm on the plane and I guess my water broke on the plane to Naha. And, but I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that that's what it was. Cause I was so early. So I just thought, Oh, I'm peeing my pants. This is like a new pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I pee my pants and I haven't had a baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> no. 
so it's like I, I wasn't sure if maybe it was like the atmosphere in the plane or what it was I was like oh crap like my shorts are literally wet I was so embarrassed I was crying yeah but I was in Vegas just for two days and if you know anything about Vegas it's a lot of walking it's really hot yeah. I was huge and I'm over here going to this event literally like with my water leaking the entire weekend Oh my God. And so thank God I made it back home and I had a doctor's appointment that day and I went to the doctor and I said, Hey, you know, just got back from Vegas and this was happening to me. Like I kept peeing and he said, um, Megan, that's not urine. That is your water. You're, you need to go to the hospital right now and you're not going to leave until the baby's born. And I said, for two months? And he said, no, uh, the baby's not going to be able to stay in that long. We're going to try to hold you for two weeks, but then that's it. So uh, I was on bed rest for five days. Mind you, I work behind the chair full time, like from open to close five days a week. So, and I have a million clients and they were all like double booked, you know, trying to get in before I had the baby. And I was planning on working up until his original due date. So then when I go to the hospital, I'm like, just kidding. My maternity leave starts right now. Wow. So that was, you know, for the five days that I was on bed rest in the hospital, my sister came and it would take us hours to try to transfer all of my clients over from my book to the girls, you know, and then too, like each client has a different personality, you know? And so I wanted to especially put certain people with certain people based on what they wanted with their hair and then conversations I thought that they would have. So, you know, I, I didn't want to just be like, Oh, you know, sucks for you. I'm out. Right. Good luck. Like I still wanted to take care of them. You know? So we were able to transfer my whole, um, clientele over, which was good. That had to be insane though, because you know, it was so crazy, especially when you're at a point in your career where like you maybe haven't acknowledged that you've been doing Maybe you did, but there's been times where I'm like, I think I look back now and I'm like, that was unmanageable. It took something right. happening for me to be exactly to be like, exactly. Well, let's put this in perspective. You shouldn't have 46 people this week. Ain't that the truth? And that's the other thing. Like, I, you know, I eventually I wanted, I knew that I would have to get to part time, not just for the baby, but for myself with running the business. Like, I wanted to get out from behind the chair. And exactly like you said, like, I don't think I would have done that on my own unless Elliot came early and made me stop working, yeah. you know? So that was actually a blessing in disguise. Cause he came right at the time that I was trying to make that transition anyway. So I was like, perfect. So since I strategically placed certain people with other stylists, a lot of them stayed with them, which was great. Cause then when I came back to work, um, I didn't have such a heavy load like I did before. Yeah. No. And they kind of know your life shifting. So like if they're looking yeah. for stability and right. you are looking to kind of, then they feel that. And it's just kind of like, okay, cool. It's hard, you know, to make that decision. I mean, I'm 30 now, so I've been in the industry for a very long time. Yeah. And, um, just now this is the first time I'm ever not working a Saturday, you know, like yeah. I feel like put in my dues. I've done the hard work and Such now a shift because like last Saturday was my last Saturday. Mm, and I think that, was it? yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, it felt like graduate day. No, I, yeah. was like, I was like, I'm signing off with where can I throw my, my, like, am I going to get my diploma? Like, cause I exactly. think it's like a different season of your career, but also I think I had to really 
like, I don't know, like I think of like, what kind of hairstyle doesn't work Saturdays? Not a good one. Right. Right. I think it's this whole, like, no, no, it's like a, a complete mental mind shift of like, no, I'm, I'm that established. I'm that confident. I'm that good that I don't have to play by the rules anymore, but it's like a total mind shift because your ego is like, no, you need to be here. You're amazing. And then Mm -hmm. like life's going, I'm seriously, you know, and that's something that you have to decide for on your own. We don't work in corporate America where a manager is going to say, Hey, you know, you, you've done a good job. Here's your reward or here's your raise. Like we have to do that for ourselves. Totally. And I think like, for me, like I always said, when I have a family, but I don't have a family, you mean like a kids, when I have kids, I won't work Saturdays or when I have kids, I won't work nights. And I set up all these rules. Exactly. There's always going to be something telling you that you have to, you know, so you just have to look at the value of your life. And I mean, even as a salon, I mean, so that's a shift I made for myself, but as a salon, we're very family oriented, you know, a lot of probably half of my team have kids and then the other half don't, but they still, you know, want to do things with their family. And I said, look, I have no problem with you taking days off or, you know, this, that, and the other. However, when you're at work, we hustle, you know? So if you hustle and you work hard when you're supposed to, then you can be rewarded with, you know, time off. So for example, with Saturdays, you know, like you said, in the industry, it's known that that's our busiest day that we're supposed to kill it from nine to 8 PM. And it's like our busiest, most hectic in my salon. We close at four. It's our shortest day. And I'm like, look, like I said, when you're in the salon, I want you to work hard. But at the same time, you know, I realize a lot of us who have husbands who work like a nine to five, like the weekends are the only time we have with them. Mm-hmm. So really with my husband, I only had Sunday with him because then my Monday that's off, he's at work. Right. Me too. So, so it's like, you know, your Saturday and Sunday is, it should be designated for family. You know, I tried to, to make it that way so that everyone kind of benefits from that. But then like, for example, Friday or Thursday, we're slammed in the salon, you know? So it's like, if you're, if you make it to where you're making good money the other days of the week, then there's no rule that you have to work this day or that day. Yes. Cause I, I was going to say like, it's kind of to me a little bit of a wives tale that it's your busiest day because when you're an established stylist, every day you work is busy. So like, right. it's almost like That's this old thing. programming of like, Oh, right. Saturdays. It's like, no, I make the same mm-hmm. amount of money no matter what day I'm there. Exactly. So I actually call bullshit. And it's the same thing like when clients, they'll say, oh, what's your busiest day or what's your busiest time of the year? I said, honestly, we're pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're busy all the time. I will say July is a little harder only because people go on vacation. But, you know, when you're pre-booking your clients out, you can still make it to where you're, you know, we don't really have feast or famine because you have those people on a schedule every yep. four or eight you know, so you, you plan ahead. I looked at your schedule a while ago and one of my other interviews, I was like, I know someone who's working, is it Tuesday through Friday from noon to three? And I was like, I bet you that's an extremely strategic move on her part. Exactly. And so, yeah, we yeah. talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, and it's funny you say that because technically that's when my schedule is open, but now that the baby's older and you know, it's a little bit easier. I do have clients coming in 
before and I say later, but you have to, you have to create something that like, like we take online booking. So I had to create a window where, okay, this is the, uh, this is the time that I'm allowing people to kind of put themselves on my schedule, but I need to give myself wiggle room. I can't commit to an open to close situation every day because things come up with the baby and with the business and I'm traveling a lot. So I have the freedom to add clients to my schedule if I want to, but you know, it's, it's really, I'm forcing myself to say no, which is really, really hard. I think it's Um, the secret sauce. Like I look at other business owners. I mean, I'm always looking at, you know, other women in the industry that inspire me who are kind of doing what I'm doing. And I'm like, how, how are they doing it all? How are they running a successful business and educating and this and that? And then I look at their schedule and they're working one or two days a week. I'm like, ah, that's the secret. I'm over here behind the chair four or five days a week. And it's just impossible. You can't do it all. So I, I am now trying to, so basically that 12 to three, was like my maternity. Once I was done staying at home with the baby and I came back to work, that's the schedule I created for myself. And then I realized, you know, this actually works well for me to, um, to continue on. So basically I decided to come in later because in the morning, the whole baby thing is, is like its own, you know, every month they're different. So he started waking up earlier and earlier. It takes a while to, I don't know how people do it with more than one kid, to be honest. Like, I'm sure there's a way, but... Well, and with this career, like, I know people are doing it, but this is a career where you're caretaking. And then, I mean, I talk to people that are like, I can't even have a significant other because I can't go home from work and (laughs) say, how was your day? Because I don't care. Right. So, like, imagine a baby and then imagine multiple, and people are doing it in their saints. But you know what's amazing is that, and you know how it is working in a salon, people, you will hear all kinds of crazy shit from clients saying whatever to you. But I literally had someone say, oh my gosh, Megan, you're going to have a kid, but don't you have too much on your plate? And I looked at her like, wow, that was really rude to say, but... Anyways, no, it's not too much on my plate, you know. Also, like he, I wasn't put on this earth to keep your gray roots at bay. That's not that's not why I'm well, here. You know what they say too? A lot of them they say, Have you thought about what you're gonna do when after the baby's born? Which is code word for are you still gonna come back and do my hair? <laughs> A lot of times I would say, Oh, you know, I really I haven't thought about that actually. Maybe I'll just bring a crib and put him, you know, strap him to my back so I can. I think keep people are afraid there. if I ever have a kid, I would do that because I bring my dog with me everywhere. I do attached dog <laughs> yeah. parenting, so I'm like, you know, I might have this thing in a Bjorn. You know? I know, I know, but it's just like obviously I've thought about it. I've never done anything without a plan. Like, don't worry, Susie. I'm still gonna come do your hair. I think it's, it's classic fine. though because I think it highlights the part of our career that people don't see is that like that aren't in the industry or in the people that are, are like nodding mm-hmm. as they listen, like, you know, right. there's a peanut gallery for everything you do. So I've worked with people that keep things kind of separate and I'm like, ah, oh, there's, they're kind of cagey and weird. And then the longer right. I've done this, I'm like, Oh my God, that was so smart to not over right. there. But it's like, yeah, like I had a new thing I'm doing is it's like the power of the pause when someone's like, well, that'll be hard. And you just like smile mm-hmm. and let them keep going. And look at them. And then they go, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not Saturday. I mean, that's got to be hard for people. And it's like, Monica, you don't even come in on Saturdays, you know? Right. But it's just like, it's just so funny to me to watch people. And then now just to like, let them go. And then you're just like, no, not, it hasn't been a problem at all. And then it like right. down, but they just keep talking. What was cool was that during my pregnancy, while I was trying to take care of myself like that, I think I developed 
these things that I would do. Like rituals um, or things? Yeah, they kind of stuck with me now. Yeah, like you what know? are some of them? I think, like I said, like protecting who you're around yeah. is a big one. It... <sighs> It's, it's like pro and con because as I grow, um, I feel like my friends list kind of gets smaller, Yeah, but it's something that you have to tell yourself. It's like quality over quantity. So even though there were certain people I had to let go, maybe they didn't do anything bad or wrong to me, but it was just a little bit too toxic of a friendship. You know, you have to learn to let those people go. It's like, you know, do you, have you ever heard of like the top five? Like you are yes, who, the five people you spend the most time with. Exactly. That's so for me, especially as I'm growing, I want to be surrounded about with people who motivate me, who inspire me, who encourage me. And if anyone doesn't fit into those categories, you got to let them go you know? So, um, but at the same time, like I said, I'm a very friendly person and I'm very emotional. So it wasn't like I wanted to do that, but it was almost like I had to force myself to separate myself. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, it's for the best. Um, I think also just paying attention to your body. Yeah. I never did that. Now I like, feel like I have like like this intuition that is just like, it's like sirens will go off or it's like, like abort, abort, abort. It's like, are you like, have migraine? I, I get migraines often as well. I get like this, like Aurora, like in front of my eyes, like I'm like, Oh, here it comes, you know? And like a warning that I'm about to get a migraine. And if I don't do anything, then I'm out of commission. I have to lay down in a dark room. But if I get it in time and I take a pill for it, then I'm fine. Yeah. It's the same thing with your emotions. If you feel yourself like getting worked up about something, which clients can totally do this to you as well. You know, if you feel like they're getting you worked up, you need to stop ahead and don't let that conversation go any further. You know, if you have to fire a client, that's something that I did um, in these past couple months. I let go of a few people who it's just not worth the money. Yeah, me too. I mean, unless they want to pay for like the therapy you know, you're going to need after seeing them. The, then that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but so I, you're, you're here for me for your hair, but now I have to go, you know, pay a shrink yeah. or pay for like medication. Then you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. So I was going to say that I, I wonder, and maybe you can answer this. Do you think that hairstylists mm-hmm. in general, because they're able to connect with other people and empathize what they're going through. Like I've got this new like theory of feeling like people that do hair have to almost like sometimes unknowingly to them disconnect from what they feel in order to show up for that person. And then I think it's like, I feel like that's what kind of what you're saying is bringing up for me, which is kind of the journey I've been on of like, Whoa, I've got to stick with myself because I can literally like exit my body and show up for someone. And then, like you said, that person leaves and you're left with this heap on the, like of a person that you've got to somehow peel off the floor at the end of the day and take home. And that's where too, like sometimes, you know, I'll come home from a busy day and my husband's like, why, why don't you want to talk? Like, why are you, you know, quiet? I'm like, look, I've been talking all day. I've been listening to people's stories all day. I've been telling them my story 10 times all day. Um, when you get home, you just kind of want to veg, you know, yes. um, cause it's a lot to process. So what I do is after a long day of work, I get in my car, drive home and I actually sit in my car Um, it could be as little as five minutes to like 20 minutes and just either jam out to some music or just like 
flip through Instagram. And it gives me that time to like disconnect from work before I enter my house. So that helps a lot for me to kind of disconnect. But um, one thing that I'll say, and I think maybe I'm better at this because I come from a family of actresses. Like I said, we're very like um, dramatic, but for me, it's pretty easy to go into work and look at your job like you are an actress, you are on stage, and you have to be whatever you need to be for your client. And I don't do that, like I do it willingly, you know, because I really do care about them and I want to be what they need me to be in that moment. But it also does help me to disconnect, to not become too attached or to let things get too too close to me because... Um, you know, it, it can be so heavy on you when you let it sink in, you know? So certain people, I may not go into my whole life story with them. I know which questions to ask and not ask. And I have to keep the conversation kind of like on the surface because, um, if, if you do too much for each person, you will wear yourself out, which has happened to me before. Yeah. That is an amazing like takeaway. (laughs) Yeah. And I tell, I tell the girls in the salon too. I mean, being, um, being that, that actress, you know, it's part of the job. And every time I have an assistant, I say, look, you're going to learn a lot from me technically with doing hair, but I really want you to pay attention to how do I talk to the client? How do I make them feel special? They walk in, you give them a cup of coffee. How are you doing today? You know, I have some guys that like, are super needy. And I literally, I'm waiting by the door. I take their coat off. I hang it up. I sit the chair down. I look at them face to face. Like they like that, you know, for you. But however, it's a lot to do that for everyone. So I'm okay to do it for like five people. (laughs) So like cater that much. It's, it's, it's major. Do you find that your newer clients, it's easier to show up as that kind of that boundary person. And it's harder with the clients you've had for years that you maybe got too close to sure (laughs) too close comfortable um so what I do with like lately I guess you can say it's for newer clients but it's I'm trying to transition where it's this way for everyone you have to look at your job almost also like you're a doctor like I'm here prescribing to you what you need so a lot of times even if it's a new client and they're bringing up a Pinterest photo and they want to say hey this is what I want to do I'll say Okay, I'm looking at you. I'm assessing what I see. I know what you need. I have a plan for you already. But just out of curiosity, show me what you want. I say that in that way so that they know I'm not just here as a slave to like micro do exactly what you tell me to do. Like you can show me, do you want to be, you know, lighter or darker? Or I tell my guys, do you want short or shorter? Like I don't want to ask too many questions because then you're getting to where it's like, if you don't deliver exactly 120% of what they're saying, then like you fail, you know? So you want to make it where you're the professional and they actually love it. It takes stress off because all they have to do now, all my clients, when they sit in my chair, they, I say, Hey, what do you want to do today? And they say, I don't know. You're the professional. Just make me pretty. And I say, good answer. And then I continue. Kind of a cool point. Cause you're saying I'm showing up seeing myself as a professional. And so other people in turn see that too. You have to value yourself that way. And then the client will as well. Yeah. Like as far as baby proofing your business, you had to sell one of them. You had to change your schedule. You had to honor your space more. Like what are some of the other things like, you know, you, is the extension line a part of kind of the baby proofing your business? Is it, 
is that just like something that's happened all the time or I wouldn't put it in that category. I think it's something new and it's um now something that I have to learn. My business, Megan Diaz Salon, is like a separate entity from me, Megan Diaz. And I've never like put my name my face as like the branding of the business. It's always been about the space and the girls work. So, which is strategic and great because now at this point, now that it's basically like running itself, I feel like I'm able to step away a little bit from the Megan Diaz salon and concentrate more on myself as a educator and as a stylist, as an influencer, and then um, growing my extension brand. So it's something completely different in addition where, yes, it could become stressful if I'm trying to do both, but that's where, you know, I have people set up in the salon that I trust to help me manage and run it um, so that I'm able to concentrate more on the extensions. So regarding the extensions, there's kind of like a three-part to that. So basically, as as a service in my salon, we are now offering the newest hand-tied sew-in wefts. Um, whereas before, we used to do, I mean, I did all kinds of extensions. I've done traditional sew-ins back in the day when I was in high school. And then I've done fusion. I've done, lately we were doing tape majority. Yeah. And um, now we're, we're adding this new service, which has literally blown up overnight. Like this is what everybody wants. And it's actually the, it does seem like that. I feel like it's like the best for, for um, the majority of people. Cause it's great for, you know, people who want to be mermaids with hair to their butt, but then also like, you know, the ladies who are maybe struggling with hair falling out because of thyroid or, or maybe they just want a little bit of fullness or they have a bob and they want to fill it in. Like it's, it's a strategic fix for some people that it's, it's not like you're just putting it in to have long hair. Like a lot of people are doing it for fullness, you know, but anyway, so that's part one. Part two is, um, I have created my own brand, Oliver and Coco. So we're actually becoming a supplier of hair to other professional stylists. So I started selling hair to professionals in my area. And I'm I'm like a baby company when it comes to that. I'm definitely still getting out there, growing with that. And then the third part is me educating. And that's really where I found that my passion is Lately, that's another reason why I want to get out from behind the chair as much so that I have more time to travel. So I offer classes in my salon where stylists can come to me. And that's another reason why I set up my salon the way I did so that I can host classes there. Oh, cool. But then also I'm traveling. So I just did my first really big class over in Orange County, which was phenomenal. A new salon that's opening over there, I think this week actually. And it's huge. He has like 20 stylists. So he flew me over to teach his entire team the hand, my hand tied method. And then also is going to be exclusively carrying my hair in his salon. Congratulations. Thank you. So that is huge. That is your baby and you were able to kind of bring your world with you. Yeah. So that was really, that was a blessing. It worked out that way because actually it was going to be my first time leaving the baby, which I, you know, I'm at the point now where if I have to, I'll be okay. I don't think I'll die. My husband was like, well, look, if, you know, I can come and bring him. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah, do that. Let's do that. 
<laughs> so my aunt actually lives in LA. So we flew into LA, spent the day with her, had like a family day and then went down to the OC, uh, went to Laguna beach for a little bit and then taught my class and flew back home. So it was great. That's so awesome. And so that's something that like, that's feeling like your soul's work right now. Yeah. So that's really what I'm concentrating on. That's where I feel like I have the most passion. You know, I always tell people, find what makes you the happiest that like you go to sleep thinking about and you wake up thinking about. And if you do that, you will do a great job at it. But if you're just kind of trying to do a little bit of everything, um, you know, you're not going to be a specialist in anything right now. When I started doing hair, Instagram was not a thing yet. I was one of those stylists that couldn't say no to anything. I mean, you had to do it all just because you had to make money. So I was doing perms. I was doing men's cuts. I was doing kids and, you know, manicures and pedicures, like everything. And then as I got fuller with my schedule, then I started to be, okay, well, maybe I can cut back on certain things. So the way I did that was instead of saying like, okay, I don't do this anymore, What you could do is raise your price like a lot for that service that you don't want to do. And then the majority of people who don't want to pay that increase won't won't have you do the service, which is great. But then those who are willing to pay it, then at least you're getting compensated a lot to do something you don't want to do. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I, I think people, hairstyles in general, we feel a lot of times like we have to carry the burden of being like, right. of, of handling the whole thing when really I think a lot of things need some, some framework, but then handle mm-hmm. themselves. Right. But you also have to be, you know, wise when to do that. Like if your schedule is half filled, like don't do that. Right. You know, like only it's like supply and demand. If you're turning people away because you don't have room on your schedule, that's when you need to raise your prices or figure out like, okay, well maybe I don't want to do as many cuts. Maybe I just want to work on color, you know? And that was also something strategic for me because it's like, as much as I love cutting and coloring, you know, you can't double book a haircut. So for me, financially, it made more sense to do more colors so that I can like do two or three on top of each other you know, and you make more money that yeah. way. So how would you say, like, how do you stay true to what you want and not start thinking about as far as like clients and stuff? Like, how do you do the things you need to do in your schedule and in your business and, and not lose sight of your vision, your plan? Because I think with clients, you know, it can be really challenging for a hairstylist to, to keep, they're not confused about what they want to do or what their goal are, is, but in, in executing that and not getting caught up in like, well, surely love's going to touch up at $64. What's right. she going to do? Like, how do you stay mm-hmm. so focused on like what it is you're, you're doing? Well, you literally have to like keep reminding yourself of the end goal, you know, vision and, and things and, and ask yourself like, is this helping me get to my goal? And if not, you got to force yourself to not do it. You know, luckily for me, I've built a team of girls that I'm able to transition those clients over to them and say, look, you know, I, I care about you. I care that you have an excellent experience when you come into the salon. I am not as consistent as I once was. Therefore, I would highly recommend you go to so-and-so because she will be able to see you every four weeks at the desired time you want to be here at the price you want. You know, yeah. it's, you know, and, and I say all this, it's not easy. No. I mean, I'm still 
doing it now, you know, even though I was able to transition a lot of my clients off of my book, there's still a lot that I probably could, could move. And it's just hard because you've built relationships with these people and you want to still talk to them. And and a lot of times I don't think it's even about the hair. I think they just like your personality and want to use that time to talk to you. It's, it's tricky. Um, I think just the way you do it, the way you communicate to the client will make you feel better as well. It's not like, well, I don't want to do you anymore. So bye, like good luck. And I I think clients can see like, as you're growing something or building something and they see the passion that you have behind it. So, Mm-hmm. I think sometimes like, and I can speak to this in my own career, like, you know, like when I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this, people kind of already saw it coming. Like, like, yeah. people are like, yeah. oh, I'm not even really into doing that. They are kind of getting a little bit worried because they see the rate of growth for me. Yeah. I mean, they, a lot of them who've been coming to me for eight years, they, they've, you know, I've had some people come to my wedding and come to my baby shower and like, they see me grow in my family. They see me grow like from one salon to another salon to traveling. And, you know, they're like, uh Oh, something's coming. Like Megan, like what's next, yeah. you know? And so you just have to be true to yourself. Like when you're talking to your clients, be happy about what you have going on. And then when they say, Oh, but are you still going to do my hair? Say sure. Or, you know, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> don't lie like, to them. But yeah, like, don't do, don't do like cold turkey, like, yeah. And then next day, no, right. you know what I mean? Like, well, we'll see, you know, because my schedule is becoming less, but don't worry. I'm training this girl and she's going to do everything exactly the way I do. And I'll be, you know, here if you need me, right. but Yeah. So if you were going to leave people with one final thing about what being a mom and the perspective it's given you towards your career and your life, because I feel like sometimes people in this profession aren't able to, and I can relate to this. So that's why I say it, like aren't able to zoom out far enough and see the big picture of life and that it's bigger than just hair and it's bigger than just working. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is like the number one thing that being a mom, the perspective it's given you the time away from the chair that like you wish you could tell every hairstylist. That's a great question. You have to realize that like, we're first of all, so lucky to be doing what we love every day. I see so many people who hate going to their work and it's just a means to an end. It's a paycheck. If that's how you're feeling about your job, you either need to get a different job or switch it up so that you're happy going to work every day. But when it comes to family or maybe being a mom, now you have someone else that you're responsible for and also someone who has just taken your whole heart completely. Like, I'm kind of getting yeah. emotional thinking about it. But it's just like, you'll never care for anybody as much as your baby. And trust me, I have two puppies. So, and I love them so, so much. I didn't, I didn't think I can love anybody more than them. And then you create a human and you're like, okay, I love this human a little more, you know, but, um, now you have to realize that now you're working to support your family, you know, to be there for your kid. Um, but also you don't want to, there has to be a balance. You can't be only at work and then only see your kid a few hours at night and then they go to sleep and you do the same thing again. So, you know, it's tricky because everyone's situation is different. I'm lucky that I have family here with me to help me watch the baby while I'm at work. If I didn't have them, we'd probably be having a different conversation. I think it would be 10 times harder to be doing what I'm doing with a baby. So those out there who have like babysitters or maybe have to stay home a little bit more with the baby, like I feel for you because it's, it's really tough to 
kind of juggle all the eggs at the same time. Basically, it's just like balancing and realizing that everything you're doing is for a reason. Everything is of value. The time that you're at work is important. That's your time to like breathe away from the family and like enjoy what you're doing there, make that money, and then come home and then try to disconnect work from family life and really just like enjoy what you have at home, whether it's a baby or your husband or boyfriend or puppies or or Netflix, you yeah. know, whatever. That's awesome. Um, you got to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to catch up with us because we have been trying to do this interview oh, and it has not disappointed. It was worth the wait. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. Well, this was such a pleasure. Uh, it was really like, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Like you are killing it and you're really interviewing so many amazing stylists. Awesome. Thank you.